fertilizer, the cost of it's skyrocketed. Farmers can't. I mean, what's going on with fertilizer? Yeah, yeah, the fertilizers, and of course, they use the chemicals that they get. You know, the the um, glyphosate, and that that's also going up. Diesel went up and and has not been going back down. And and a lot of U.S. farmers are just not planting because it's just not. They can't make going, money. They can't make money at it. I think before we get to this summer, we are going to have we will have gone through the bank collapse and hyperinflation. So. Um, do you, you think know, the big event will be the bank, the banks collapsing? If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Marjorie Wildcraft coming to the program. People who do not know her, she is kind of like the mother of ultimate preppers. And she's just, she's really good. I had her on back. Gosh, I don't know. She's one of the people I first people I had on YouTube. And we did a show on growing back teeth enamel because your teeth can grow back enamel. And she explained the whole process and that sucker went viral too. I had hundreds of thousands of views. So those of you who are members of my Substack, I will upload that old interview that I did with her that was deleted off YouTube and you get an opportunity to see that one. But you will appreciate this. Now, to, nowadays, everything is kind of fear porn. We're not meaning to be. This is more about being informed and just about protecting yourself. She's gonna talk about how to grow your own food and how food is used as a tool of war and what's going on, why she thinks that we're in for famine. And she thinks we're already living through a type of famine, but she, we're going to talk about all that. And, and then she's going to talk about her free seminar that she has to really help people be able to be self-sufficient that way. She breaks it up into three categories that are the easiest things for that someone to do. And then she has a whole network. It's uh, the grow network that she has, where it has a ton of resources on how to build a greenhouse and all these things. But if you go to sarahsbackyardfarm.com, you can sign up for that seminar, that free seminar. I'll have the link below. And so if you have the opportunity, check it out, sarahsbackyardfarm.com, and you will get a ton of free, great information. And for those of you who are looking for great Christmas gifts or prepper gifts for Christmas that's unique, go to sarahwessel.com under shop. And there was a link there for unique Christmas gifts and unique prepper gifts. 
one of the prepper gifts teaches you how to make a device that can pull 10 gallons of water out of the driest air. So you'll always have fresh water. Another one teaches you how to make solar panels for 85% less than buying them. You can make them yourself and it'll be the same quality because you're getting the same parts that they make for the high quality solar panels. You're getting those parts that reduced. Actually, the parts aren't that expensive. That's the whole point. And so you can get the parts that they use for not very much and then make your own. And then I have other things that can fuel your entire house. In fact, these generators that they show you how to make fueled whole towns in, I don't know if it was South America or Africa. It tells you about it. Really interesting things. And then I have some unique Christmas gifts like the cat Bible that teaches you how to communicate with the cat. If you're a cat person, my sister saw it and said, you got to get that for it. She wants my mom. Actually, she asked me to ask my mom to buy it for her. I'm like, well, I might just buy it for both of them. I'm not going to have my mom buy it for her when those are great gifts for both of them. It's called the cat Bible. And it teaches you, if you if you have a member in your family, I'm really into dogs, but I have my sister and my mom are really into cats. And it teaches you how to communicate with your cat as if it was a small child and they respond. I don't know. These people are cat experts and they swear by it. So it's a great gift for a cat person. So anyways, go to sarahwestall.com under shop and you'll see all that. Now let's get into this really fascinating discussion that I have with Marjorie Wildcraft. Hi, Marjorie. Welcome back to the program. Hey, Sarah, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's been a it, while. It's been a while. I had you on back on YouTube before I got canceled and we had a show and I'm going to, I'm going to upload that for my Substackers, people who uh, subscribe to my Substack on growing back teeth enamel. And that thing went viral. It got hundreds of thousands of views and people were super interested because you were telling people that your teeth really can grow back and people were that was such a new paradigm. And so I'm going to upload that for people on Substack. But you have so many amazing and interesting things that you do. And I wanted to have you back. This is going to be more of a so somber, you know, sober uh, conversation. Oh, they all are these days, you know. I know. It's <laughs> not of it's bad these I days. Know, but, <laughs> but it's good for us to be informed and that we can protect ourselves. And so you're going to tell us why you think a famine is coming, because a lot of people talk about it. And so if we just talk about it and we don't give people the why, I don't want to be fear porn, but at some point we need to be educated. We need to be aware and informed so that we can do things for our families to protect ourselves. We will yeah. get out through this. The other end of this, Absolutely. we will be fine. But during this tough period, we want to get through it. So you start us off. On... Okay, so we, yeah, we Go have ahead. a lot of different forces and um, many of them are, are man-made, you know, the, the, the WEF and the globalists intentionally destroying the, you know, the food supply or your ability to access the food. Um, we also have just um, natural systemic cyclic things going on that is going to limit uh, agricultural production. Um, and then honestly, uh, people talk about, well, a famine is coming or we're almost, I would say we've been in a famine for a long time. Honestly, you know, you used to be, a, you could be a perimeter shopper at the grocery store and maybe get some nutrition. 
that that's all gone. There's nothing in that grocery store that is going to nourish you. So we have been in a famine for a long including time. Including fruits and vegetables, right? Because the fruits exactly. and vegetables don't have the nutrients that used to be in the soil that they get from the soil. They're just not getting the nutrients. So when you're eating, that's why everybody's fat too, right? Because your body's yep. craving these nutrients and you just, you need to keep eating and your body's storing the toxins, which we're getting, and we're just eating too much. Yep, so that's, that's, that's totally it. And, and, yeah, and this so, is on purpose? Well, I one dramatic example is I, you know, I just turned 60. And so when I was a little girl, my mother would give me a carrot. For me now to get the same nutrition out of one carrot I got when I was a little girl, I'd have to eat 11 carrots. Wow. It's gone down that much. Um, August Dunning has made a wonderful chart uh, showing, and and I might be able to get you this slide if you guys do any editing afterward. But yes, yes, give us that slide. I'll, I'll get it. Yeah, he's he's a really wonderful independent thinker. Lives in Austin, Texas, and it's a chart that's also in my book. But it shows he shows from like the 1900s to you know approximately now. Uh, that the amount of nutrition in the food is just dropping, 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 dropping to almost nothing. And then on the same chart, he's showing the amount of disease, you know, the civilized disease yes. like heart disease, diabetes, cancer. And it's just going up and up and up and up and up. And, um, you know, there's a direct correlation. I, We all know it, right? Like if you don't get enough vitamin C, you get scurvy, right? Or, um, you know, a lot of us are aware without vitamin D, then you're way more susceptible to viruses and colds and flu. And actually that's the simplest cold and flu formula there is. It just makes sure your vitamin D levels are up over 50 or something, you know? So we know that without nutrition, you know, you are going to be prone to to disease and um, it's just not in the food supply anymore. The, the CDC uh, even wrote something, gosh, this was years ago, and said, look, we fully expect that all children at, born after 20, uh, 20, uh, the tw- 20, you know, 2000, right, the very beginning of this yeah. century, that one third of them will become diabetics. And, and is that because we don't get the nutrition and then we're just eating too much and then our body can't process sugar? And I mean, it just ends up cascading. It's a, it's a whole it's the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Your body's saying, hey, uh, you know, we need some nutrients. So eat something and you go eat something. And then I didn't have any nutrients in it. You're like, uh, hey, uh, you know, eat some more. <laughs> you know? That's right. You just keep and eating it is, until, yeah. And it is true when you're eating really, really nutrient dense food, you get satiated. You don't, uh, you know, you don't want to overeat necessarily. So um, it makes a difference. Uh, okay. So we have been in a famine and, but we're worried that it's going to turn into more of a family. Like there won't be like, like even the crap's not going to be available. <laughs> well, yeah, the crap's not going to be. And, and we, in our mind, we think of Ethiopia or we think of, you know, some of these places that have had really bad famines and these children are walking around with these big bellies looking like yeah. skeletons, skeletons. That's what we think of when we think of famine. Is that going to hit our soil? Well, that is already hitting in, in, I would say the fringes on the planet, right? It's not necessary. It's not, well, even in the United States, like what is it they estimate? I think it's some, uh, 20 million families now are actually in hunger most of the time here in the United States. So in our, our friend, you know, the more vulnerable groups, but definitely around the planet, 
Uh, I think it's 900 million people that are hungry almost all the time. Well, so and the it, UN was really concerned at one point. I, I published the paper during COVID that the COVID the situation, whatever you want to call that thing, uh, made it the worse. COVID experience. Yeah, yeah the COVID experience. So they wanted a wonderful mm-hmm. one that was. But they were worried that the food wasn't getting because they shut down all these supply chains and the foods weren't get was not getting to these impoverished areas. And so the poverty rate is skyrocketing and people are dying from malnutrition because of all these supply chains. But we haven't felt that here like they have in other countries. Are we going to feel it here? Because we're seeing, you know, plants being blown up. I don't know. Is that are they being blown up more than normal? And is they, uh, is the inflation, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do know what you're saying. Collapsing. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, they have. There has been this systematic destruction of um, food processing plants, and that, that was a thing that was going around the alternative news for a while. And yep. like two hundred or three hundred, I saw somebody saying, "No, it's actually a thousand of them have been systematically destroyed by bizarre fires." How do you have a dairy farm with like eighteen thousand cows in Texas? have an explosion that kills 18,000. There's first of all, there's nothing on a dairy farm. Yeah, I mean, maybe some diesel, but you know, that, that just doesn't happen. Right. So there's all these really bizarre things. There's also the desecho winds, these, these sudden really strong winds that come and wipe out the corn crop, right. As it's about to harvest in say Iowa or something like that. So there's been a lot of that. Um, the sudden floods, like throughout the southeast United States and parts of California, heavy, heavy flooding that you know destroyed the peanut crop. And you're going, okay, well, so peanuts or a little corn or whatever, and 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 then orange juice now. I mean, that's one of the headlines I saw recently. So the orange crop, especially in Florida and California, has been hit really hard with bizarre weather. Um, and you know they're like, hey, orange juice is you know like tripling in price or something now. So. It's not, and 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 that's the way the whole thing is being operated. It's like take a take a block out here, take a block out there, take a. Nobody will notice it here. This will just be like a little regional news story there. Nobody will notice, you know, uh, the, the Ohio train wreck. I have no. We, we does anybody remember that? I mean, that was this There's year. So much happening that something big like that is forgotten. Just like Acapulco, Al- Al- I Al- heard heard that's yeah. the largest. Uh, hurricane, the most powerful hurricane that's ever hit Mexico. And it's, uh, do you ever hear about it? I, mean, I heard because I'm, yeah, I, I speak at um, Anarchapulco and I really enjoy the, that group of people. And they're like, there was no rain. It was just wind and it whipped up suddenly strange. in yeah, the middle of the night. Yeah. But even stranger is we have so much going on that that's not even really a news event. I mean, that would be a major news event. It, it, the whole city is pretty much wiped out and there's people now the military has come in to help. But the amount of damage and destruction that has occurred there would be a news event. But because there's so much chaos and so much going on that it just isn't in our radar. That's it. That's it. Exactly. We're all in overwhelm. So I'll give you some of the other things that are going on. So we we know about the Ukraine war, right? Well, Ukraine is the bread, big, huge breadbasket for Europe and um you know, there have been so many fields bombed out and loss of infrastructure. You know, they're they're not going to be able to play. If they could do 100 percent, maybe 2019, like we're down to like 15 or 20 percent of what they can plant now. 
this huge loss of production that's 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 hitting the world. How about like in the Netherlands and stuff where they're actually forcing farmers to shut down? That's another one, right? You know, they're they're saying, hey, you guys, we, we're yes, the, and the farmers are all saying they're driving with their tractors into uh, into the capital and complaining and. Um, is is it working or not? I don't know, but they certainly have disrupted uh, production. Um, and a lot of countries are getting deeply concerned. So India made the headlines just recently. They're saying, okay, look, we're not going to export the white basmati rice anymore. Like we, we're going to have to feed our own people. That's right. Um, although they recently came back and made some exceptions to other BRICS countries, but none of the Western mm countries so uh that's, that's what's going to happen though the the yeah. people are thinking that the world's going to turn their back on the united states if we are you know as things go down we are going to have to be self-reliant because people aren't going to come and help us out that's what i've been hearing and i don't it, yeah you know i well, and they would have good cause uh, to do it. You know, what? something that really struck me was, um, uh, and this came out a while ago, there's like six African nations that have had military coups and kicked out their puppet yes. dictators yeah. that were basically supported by NATO. And so they're basically kicking out. So it's becoming very clear that NATO does not have the strength it used to have because when these these fringe countries can now suddenly kick out their people and they have no fear of repercussion, like you know the How u.n we can't or... kick out our coup like I we had a coup we, yeah. <laughs> we had a coup they took over our government they don't sure have, have a legit government right now how come we can't kick out our <sighs> illegitimate situation i know how do we get, get that together <laughs> but the thing that i saw that was so unbelievable to me was i saw some footage of people in the streets dancing for joy because you know those puppet you know, dictators that had been in there for years had no, they were not taking care of the people, you sure know, and we, at all. Yeah. No, um, I forget which African nation was it, Gabon or something is run by France. They, Gabon has absolutely no gold reserves in their national reserves, but France has tons and tons and tons yeah. that they've pulled out of Africa. I'm not sure Isn't if that's that the right sad? country or not, but that's, yeah. They use but, it for their, their, uh, supplies right i mean they they take over they control them so they can just rape them of all their natural resources yeah and but i i just was like wow i am looking forward to the day when that happens here because we clearly clearly have been overtaken it it, it clearly it clearly has happened i you just all the issue with the border you know, I'm more aware of the food supply, but, uh, you know, and then these crazy wars, you know, they're sending how many billion, they sent how many billions to Iran to set this up and they gave all that stuff in Afghanistan and now we're supporting Israel. Like they're, they, it's they just... funded the, the, they funded the problem mm -hmm. and then now we're funding the, to solve it. You know, it's, it's, we're funding, all, we want war is really what it what it, what it comes down to down. this is very yeah. Yeah. when i first saw the hamas thing the hamas thing i was like oh, you know at first you of course you're gripped with like emotion like oh my god and then but i am like wait a minute stop you know what really is going on it's yep. it's amazing how what's powerful what you hear is way more powerful than what you see i learned that with 9 11 like right there you could see that that building had an airplane crash into it 
And if anybody has ever played dominoes, you never touch a domino and have it melt down directly, right? You know, common That's sense. Right. But in our ears, we were being pummeled with this, you know, programming. And 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 then, of course, they quit showing anybody that footage very quickly. But right there, in plain sight, uh, was was uh, something that completely. You know, that's the story now is that those 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 airplanes did that. Are you looking for the ultimate Christmas gift for the prepper in your family? Or maybe you are looking for affordable ways to prepare for what may be coming. If this is you, we have a curated list of unique gifts for all members of your family. But within that list, we have the ultimate list of prepper gifts. It includes important essentials from the medicine garden that turns your backyard into a complete natural pharmacy to the DIY solar panel guide that saves you up to 85% on solar panels. We also have the air fountain that extracts up to 10 gallons of water from even the driest desert air to the guide that helps you build a portable space energy generator to power your entire home for less than $300. And wait, there's more. The ultimate woodworking guide that comes with over 16,000 of the best woodworking plants available so you can make anything you want or need. And there is even more. To see all the options, go to sarahwestall.com under shop and look for the unique Christmas list on the top of the shop page or use the link below. It's just astonishing to me how well, yeah. how how manipulated and controlled everything it is, and and the more I open up to this, the more there is to see. But let's go back to food because food well, is yeah, let's yeah. let's go back to food. But no, but this is important that people can yeah. have that critical thinking skills because immediately oh, they're yeah. they're going to be pumping you with with propaganda and so you have to be able to think through this but getting to the famine what do you think because i do know they want to depopulate and i had you on the show like six years ago and we talked about how they use food to control people and mm -hmm. how food has always been throughout all history one of the go-to methods to control a population absolutely yeah yeah i was it was it kissinger said it even the Romans said it, you know, give them bread and games and they'll never revolt. Um, you control the, control the food, control the population. I'm pretty sure that pretty much every CEO of every multinational, the whole royalty thing, it's, that's, you know, that's ruling class 101, you know, you control the food, you control the people. Uh, and they, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I jump around a lot. I'm, I'm an intuitive and we do that, but I want to go back to that Hamas thing. So when I'm looking at the footage, First of all, I'm listening, and they said, Mossad made a mistake, and that's how this happened. And I thought, that man, my BS meter just started ringing. Oh, because, yes. And I, I I looked it up afterward, like, Mossad has a budget of $3 billion a year and 7,000 people on staff. You know, Israel is surrounded by enemies. They do not make mistakes like well, that. They, said, they yeah. said that a little mouse can trigger off their fence. I mean, anything... Yeah. Relief. I mean, they know everything. So for all those guys to come in on there, they say paragliders. Some people say they're really worse parachutes. And what, what the whole story, people are saying it's an odd, one of the most obvious false flags in history. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just a very obvious false flag because there's too many things that made no sense. The Israelis being told to stand down. I mean, they, they're just uh, all that. Okay, so now we have 
this yeah. perfect made-for-television attack on the Israeli people. And then their response, what do you think of their response? I mean, I, I think yeah. the whole world is going to turn on Israel based on their response. It, you know, it looks like that. It really looks like that. So I, they must have figured that out. So it's going to be interesting what they have structured for this whole drama or the war that they want. Or they the want the they world want. to turn yeah. on them, and then they want a world war or something, and they want it to start here. I, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I, that's what it seems like to me. And I think most of us that have been watching this realize that they need some big event to obfuscate everything else that's going on. Um, so I know about... about Gaza is it? Let's well, just destroy a whole... I mean, that's what it looks. Okay, so 1,400 Israelis were murdered and a bunch more were injured. That's bad. It's awful. Okay, it's terrible. So to bring that to justice, don't we look for the culprits? Instead, they're going to wipe out a whole people? I mean, that's what it... They're up to 8,000 Palestinians that they've killed now? Half of them children? I know. And then I've been watching, you know, both sides say they hate each other so much that they want the other one completely wiped out, right? Okay, so now those are the extremists. We can't listen to the extremists. And each side just plays the extremists on both sides to trigger each everybody, right? So you have, the, the, they have a, a rabbi or some nut job who's an Israeli who's up there saying that, the Christians just worship one Jew who died for their sins. They should be worshiping all of us because all Israelis died for their sins, right? So they have some nutbag they found that says this stuff, and they're playing them all over the place because that triggers all of us. Like, these guys are nuts. I don't want anything to do with them. And then they have another Israeli that's they they played where they asked whether it's okay to kill children, and they say, yeah, because these Muslims are being raised to hate Jewish people, and they want to kill us all, so these children need to be killed too. I'm like, oh my God. And then you have yeah. the opposite side too that's just as nutty. Yeah. And how true is any of that? I mean, I, I'm, some I, of it may know. be, but you know, I don't know either. But should you know, we how... throw that away and say those people are nuts? And yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. These are all human beings. Let's not behave like, the, like a bunch of what it is, is it's like they're all triggered by emotion and revenge. And it takes adults in the room to come in and say, stop no anybody who's this nutty needs to be maybe they do need to be kind of calmed down and re-educated a bit i don't know i don't want to re-educate people but you know what i mean when i when this first started i i also i was watching some of the footage supposedly of these hamas fighters going door to door in this fairly nice suburban area um, yeah. and there was there's, oh they're going in there and they're raping women and just killing people and cutting off babies heads and stuff and um First of all, I was looking at the guys, and um, absolutely, I have some handgun and rifle and weapons training. I mean, I'm not any kind of great marksman or anything, but enough. To you'd be a yourself. nut not to have some self-defense skills right now, right? You got to, <laughs> you, you know. And I'm watching these; they're just walking around. These are it, it, obvious to me. They these were young men that they had just hired to do this. And these men had absolutely no training. They were not military. They were walking around with a handgun, just pointing it anywhere, sweeping it, holding it one-handed, no formation, no, uh, you know, purpose or anything, no training. And I'm like, they just, and, and, and 
you, you have to be a pretty sick individual to kill a baby. And I'm going to tell you, those young men walking around, I wouldn't doubt they maybe raped a few women or did some, or some stuff happen, but I'm absolutely certain they did not commit all the atrocities that they were. Because uh, they just weren't that type that you just you, you could tell. You, they just, you can that. just tell, you know, yeah, you know, they're young men and probably drugged up and whatever, but there's you know if you were actually going to go in and do a strike like that you would have at least have guys that are trained you know like if you're going to spend all that time planning and energy and effort you know so it just my 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 bs meter kept ringing but it we all knew and it it, it i mean everybody who's been following well, like yourself and you know we know that there's some big event because we also have the financial system that's, which is that's the big event really that's it, it, it really is yeah, you know what? It's what are the the, the banks now have like eight hundred billion? Was uh, like a couple of weeks ago. I was looking at eight hundred billion in unrealized losses. The Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor a reserve, has more than a trillion. In well, the Weiss losses. Research Group, you know, I keep talking about them. They're the ones that were accurate ninety nine point six percent on which banks were going to fail after the two thousand eight crisis. Mm -hmm. And they say that four thousand, little over four thousand banks are in extreme um, danger right now. And of those banks, there's another twelve hundred. I, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but this is in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Twelve hundred that are going to are for imminent failure. And if they are as accurate as they were in two thousand eight, that means these twelve thousand banks or twelve hundred banks will fail. And um, that's what they're saying, they're imminent. And that will have a ripple effect in our economy like we have never seen. Yeah. It, it, that, that'll, that'll dwarf 2008. Just the four banks or five banks that have already failed are already, have already eclipsed 2008 because they were the largest banks. You know, they were very large banks. If this thousand twelve hundred banks fail, it'll blow. I mean, it'll totally eclipse what happened in two thousand eight. Yeah, it won't matter what global food production is because you won't be able to buy it. The all trade is going to shut down. Your credit card's not going to work. You know. And now we're we are talking about the possibility of famine and pretty serious situations. And you need to. We'll get through it. It'll take a few we years. Will. Yes, we will. We'll get, and we'll be stronger. But during that period, we need to be able to create our own food, right? I mean, we have to be able to eat. <laughs> yeah. And then here's another prong that the news wasn't bad enough. <laughs> Is, you know, we, we are headed into, into, I mean, inflation. If you, I, everybody's seeing inflation now. It's a real thing. People who are completely asleep are talking about how prices are going up, you know. And we're on that bathtub curve for hyperinflation and and uh, currency collapse and uh, you know when it, when it really starts to take off like when we're seeing double digit inflation every month like it happens really fast like i think weimar it's germany overnight was, kind of thing yeah, yeah it was it was like less than nine months and that's back in like 1921 when there wasn't the internet and, <laughs> and flash mobs and and the technology in order to to do things as fast as we can now so it's going well, to and go that's quickly. why people you said to me before we even started sarah you need to get your silver well uh, yes people yeah. people need to have a little bit of silver on hand to be able to trade because we just don't know and 
I also tell people to get, you know, the IRAs and things in silver because uh, it protects your assets. It might not be the best investment. We don't know. It could be a phenomenal investment. You know, I mean, people are talking it could be 700 times, you know, kind of. But but beyond that, imagine it's not an investment and all it is is insurance for your wealth, because whatever you have in dollars now, if that collapses, you're going to lose it. But if it's in gold or silver, you will preserve whatever wealth you had. So yeah, it, yeah. I have a girlfriend a, of mine has a big retirement. They worked for the government for 20, 30 years and has the whole thing. And she said, Marjorie, I should take that out right now. She said, I'm going to take a 20% penalty. And I said, well, it's better to take a 20% penalty rather than have nothing. And 100% penalty. <laughs> and yeah, 100% I mean, penalty. And, and she, she got it. I mean, she was like, wow. You know, I mean, she thought about it for a good week or two, but um she, well, it's scary because it's a big change. It's like, really? I take all of my assets and do it? Well, you don't want all. You want part of it different. You want some in cash still, too. But you, it's a big change. It's a big jump. You're plunging. But the nice part about gold and silver is that it's it's a storage of wealth. You're not going to lose it. It's it's yeah. kind of like you're, it's a bank, essentially. It's kind of, but if everything yeah. collapses, you'll still be able to trade in silver, probably. Well, also doing an action like that acknowledges that you recognize big changes are coming. That's right. And I got to tell you, even, you know, I've been prepping for almost two decades now. You know, I'm the, like, ultimate prepper, yeah. I'm the ultimate prepper, right? You know, the leader or the female leader of the survival and preparedness space. I forgot yeah. who gave me that moniker. But even now I'm like, you know, I buy, I go to the grocery store and I'm, I'll buy some extra butter and I'll buy some extra bacon to throw it in the freezer. And I'm like... Roger, you're crazy. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, I still, I still have that. You know, I, I feel like I should buy some more things and you know get ready because it's not going to be like trade. Like clearly, China is going to take Taiwan back, right? So if these African nations are taking back things, the U.S. is proxy fighting through Ukraine, and now we're going to probably get, you know, pretty clear we're going to get involved, we're going to be fighting in Israel. There's nothing's going to stop China from sailing across that little strait there and grabbing Taiwan, right? And U.S. is not going to be able to do anything about it, except for we'll shut down trade with China. And you look around your house about how much stuff is made in China. That's right. You we're know. all dependent on each other. We're dependent on things coming from China. But we're also dependent on a lot of our food doesn't, a lot of our meat doesn't come from the United States. It comes from other countries. It, it does, yes. And and as I was talking to you about before, so uh, there are all kinds of, well, Russia also shut down exports of different critical um, fertilizers for yes, agriculture. Fertilizer has been a big problem. Now, is it going to hit this summer? I mean, they were saying that the, the fertilizer, the cost of it's skyrocketed. Farmers can't. I mean, what's going on with fertilizer? Yeah, yeah, the fertilizers, and of course, they use the chemicals that they get. You know, the the um, glyphosate, and that that's also going up. Diesel went up and and has not been going back down. And and a lot of U.S. farmers are just not planting because it's just not. They can't make going, money. They can't make money at it. I think before we get to this summer, we are going to have, we will have gone through the bank collapse and hyperinflation. So, um, you, you think know, the big event will be the bank, the banks collapsing? I mean, you know, because we have all the remote viewers and they think, and the psychics and things, they're all saying there's this big event coming up. 
the remote viewers I had, you know, Dick Allgaier and yeah, I saw Reed. that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. They're just they're considered probably the best public ones. I know there's some ones that work for intelligence agencies and things that are that are they claim are really good, but they're saying they think it's something financial. They don't know, but they're that's what it's pointing to. They think it's financial, but then there's a backdrop of like bombs going off in our country. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I think it's going to be one big, yeah, like, and but we've already seen the trigger for it is this Israeli conflict. Um, maybe, maybe. So, and all these uh, people of special interests that are sleeper cells in our country already. Right, from the, the border that's wide open. Apparently there's a group of 5,000 now that are headed our way. Oh, really? oh great. Well, marching in formation, all military probably, probably, yeah, right. I mean, they had a bunch <laughs> of those that did come in because they have over 80,000 people for, of special interests that are military age coming in from these countries or groups of special interests. But they literally had military age men walking in formation. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm like, hello? <laughs> yeah. like, those aren't a bunch of families. A family's all like chaotic and fighting with each other and screwing around. The kids are running around. Mom's trying to corral them. Yeah, exactly. That's a family. <laughs> That's a family. Yeah. yeah, that is a family. It's chaos. Yeah. It's not s- two straight lines. So how will it unfold? I, I don't know. But, you know, certainly if we have one big bank go down, then they're all going down because of the derivatives bubble and the way everything's tied together. So there definitely will be that, um, you know, and then and then the dollar, you know, the work of Catherine Austin fits. Yeah. You know, the national debt's not 33 trillion. It's probably 300 trillion. I have no we have no idea how much they have printed, you know, and that's well because it's all off books. We don't it's know. All off books. And, and when they did remember when they did that one audit, the Fed, and they just did a partial audit. And that's when we learned that there were trillions and trillions of dollars that were given to foreign banks that what happened to that stuff and then we yeah. never got to re-audit it to see if that was shored up so and and since then they've probably been doing more than that yeah the bottom line is is it's we are in it right this is not like some theoretical oh the end of the world and we know is going to happen in a few years it's no longer a few years it's possibly a few days a few weeks and most certainly a few months well that- and whatever we've been through so far it it, we can't go back to what we were. We've already changed so much that we're not going to be ever be what we were four years ago again. This is absolutely true. Yeah, it's it's we're we're way we're way down that road. And you know what the this big saving grace of this is? First of all, when I see all this stuff, I'm just like, oh, you know. And I always just have to stop and say the serenity prayer, which is, you know, God, please to help me to you know, change the things I can, Yeah. Uh, you know, accept the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. And uh, there's a lot of things that I cannot change. You know, I, I do it my best, but there, I can't. But one thing that you can do, and this is the saving grace in this whole thing, is that your basic needs, food and water, you can get that directly in a backyard using your hands and working with nature. I mean, that is still available to you. There are so many medicines and there's almost everything that you possibly need treatment for can be, you know, grown or wildcrafted or there are herbal, you don't need, you know, necessarily pharmaceuticals. 
uh, for this. There are ways that you can live and do and and be, and they're actually way, way, way more healthier than um, than what we're doing now. I'll give you I'll give you two real examples of why growing your own food and going back to a more self-reliant health style, lifestyle is is going to actually be incredibly is difficult of course so let's let's not forget that it's change it's new skills it's going to be learning to walk again right you're going to fall be. down it's going to be it's going to be very difficult and there will be people dying in the process but it, it the stronger that'll be a whole i think yeah. that's a whole nother this whole thing is going to be another way they can cover up all the all the deaths from the vaccine damage that's you know so yeah. there's that but in 2012, I went actually went with Ronnie Cummins of the Organic Consumers Association. Like, what a great old guy! He was just a rebel, um, and he organized a whole trip. And we went to Cuba. It was actually a legitimate trip. We we did all the paperwork with the State Department areas. Oh, it's had to a go legitimate through. trip. No, yeah. it was. I mean, there used to be all kinds of people that sneaked into Cuba <laughs> to go check it out. But and now it's a little more open. But back then, it was like Americans could not go to Cuba. It was a a thing and you could not spend any money there because it would be trading with the enemy it was this weird thing but we organized it and got to go and we went to all these different permaculture sites and farms and neighborhood things and i interviewed a lot of cubans that went through their government called it the special period it was actually an economic collapse right like yeah. in yeah in one day when that last soviet ship pulled out of havana the economy plummeted 60%. The lights went out, the water stopped running. You know, the average Cuban lost 20 pounds. Uh, it was it was horrific. Uh, and, you know, what they turned to was, you know, backyard food production. Uh, because, you know, talk about the onset of a... And that's what helped a, it. A family. And as a result of that, there, as people started eating food that they were growing themselves or, you know, um, and getting back to whole foods, real foods, local foods, the rates of cancer and diabetes and heart disease all dropped dramatically after that, you know, over in the in the ensuing years that they went back to their own local agriculture. Well, and, now, and us devolving and our, that's what we have on the other end of this, I think, is us being healthier, but we got to we're gonna have to make it through. <laughs> right? I'll give you another another real good motivation because you know I mean we've been talking some gloom and doom and unfortunately it's it's not fear porn it's the truth but or you know as 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 we can best know it or see it but here's another thing so I host uh, these big homegrown food summits right yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah you get forty presenters on all kinds of topics it's a classic online home you know summit right and um, one year Dave Asprey was my keynote speaker and. For those who don't know Dave Asprey, he's uh, got a really famous guy, wealthy guy. He's got a podcast. He has a goal to live to 180 years old, really into longevity and life extension. And uh, I think his, I saw recently his supplements bill every month is $14,000. Like, oh my, oh my gosh. And he has access to anything and everything. He interviews all the latest scientists with the cutting edge. You know, there's the cryogenics and the stem cell therapy and the yeah. nootropics and the da, da 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 you know, right? And it goes on and on and on, right? And he's he's in it, you know? And you'd say, why would that guy be involved with a homegrown food summit? Like, you know, in like homegrown food, like the most humblest, you know, like what, you know what, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, almost every centenarian that's been interviewed, um, 
that is the kind of centenarian you want to be, you know, like active, alive, clear, yeah. sharp, involved not, with our family, not right? In a wheelchair and barely right. being able to move. You're actually, yeah, if you're not with dragging the, the IV yeah. bag or with the oxygen tank or, you know, no, the, the, the healthy, the ones that, you know, like, yeah. Um, they had access to or grew their own food. Wow, they all had, that's the one thing, because it gets back to what we talked about at the very beginning. The nutrition levels were there on a daily basis, on a, a just ongoing, nonstop. Dave Asprey has a 12-acre homestead, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't do all the work on it, but he has his own homegrown food supply. So it is the foundation of longevity, and that was the conversation that we had for, for that particular summit. Well, and this is... Home yeah, so you and will this is live what longer. You teach, right? I mean, this is <laughs> yes. what you not, not only do you teach you teach about how to grow medicine, how to do all these things, but you teach how to do it in a in a small footprint too. I mean, because a lot of people are worried yeah. they don't have any place to grow anything. I mean, can you do it? What about cold weather? Can you do it in your basement? It, uh, no. Yeah. You yeah. teach people how to do all these things, right? Yes, we do, because everybody's been asking us that for a year. I mean, I've been doing this for about 20 years. <laughs> yes, I've heard that. And we, yes, we have answers for all of that. And uh, in fact, we, I have a, a free webinar that, that we're doing, we're giving out to people. Um, and I, I think we have you set up at, at Sarah's Backyard, sarahsbackyardfarm.com. Yes, Sarah's, it it's an S, sarahsbackyardfarm.com sarahsbackyardfarm.com you can go there and there's a free webinar it's, you know i put this together like i've spent 20 years figuring out I, believe me i have done everything from eating mice to uh oh, insects to rats oh, and snakes and mice and I, oh insects yeah just to yeah. see i spent okay. i spent you are a nut that's okay though i like you i like nuts well you know when we're talking about hardcore famine it's a you know, you would be astonished what people were eating when well, there wasn't anything to eat. I also you'd went be to eating a mouse if and the protein from mice if you have nothing. At the end of the Civil War, uh, in the southern butcher shops, the only thing that were hanging were, you know, rats. Like they had no rabbits or deer or pig or anything like that. The only thing that you could buy were rats. What do no they food. taste like? Well. Chicken. So I can, we can go into that if you want. But I also spent time with other cultures. I, like I, I spent rats, time with the, before with the you get into the other cultures that are super interesting. What do rats taste like? Well, the way I I cook them is you like say you got a uh, first of all I don't want a rat like that lives in the city because God knows what that thing ate. So you know I lived out in the country. I would eat. You want the country mice. rats? That have I want the country rats themselves. that have an organic diet, right? You know, they, okay. <laughs> they're, they're not eating you know garbage that they're eating grain or whatever they can find around my farm, right? Um, you singe off the hair in a fire and then you um, inviscerate them. There are cultures that did eat the guts. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I would give that to the dogs. Uh, and then you just over a, a fire, you lightly cook it um, and then take a, a like a big flat rock and then maybe another rock and just pound it, pound it up into basically like a... Um, a patty and yeah. you'll pull out things like the scapula or the skull because they're just too big. You know, you don't want to eat bone you like eat that. You eat the skin though? Um, yeah, well, yes, because you've singed off all the hair and the, and the skin actually has, uh, there's a, a small subcutaneous, a, a small layer of fat that's very important okay. and there's a lot of nutrition in there. So, but when you grind it all up like that with the, with the two rog and pull the tail out, you don't want to eat that either. And you know, the feet, uh, and then it just kind of turns into this patty and then you put a little salt on it and, 
cook it. Does it taste like a champ hamburger? Kind of like a mix between beef and chicken if you added them together, you know? So it's not that bad. They're like, it's not that bad. I mean, you have to be trained to think they're so gross, but in reality, it's like a. Well, you know, I would never eat a New York City rat, that's for sure, you know? When I was in New York City a while ago, man, they had some big squirrels in the park. I was like, hey, you guys. <laughs> you're not going to live long. <laughs> Anything goes down here. <laughs> anyway, big squirrels, the big squirrel to you is a squirrel, a rat. I mean, I guess they're really, they actually are kind of like the same, honestly, you know? Yeah. They so just don't also... seem as gross, but a, a squirrel yeah. is just a tree rat. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The point of that, well, by the way, when I said the Taramara tree, mice and rats like they're they're a delicacy they love them oh, really? and i spent yeah i went out to to this year madres to see how they grew what they grew and how they grew and uh, went to this wonderful couple of different farms there i had a very a good friend who has been going there for 20 years and knows them i mean we're we are so off the highway it's i, I could never get there again but you know i had to have a guide but there's one field we went to was you know a 20 acre field of uh, maybe it was a 10 acre field of corn. And um, Monsencio says, yeah, we, we've been growing this year after year after year of corn over and over again. And he says, I know it's been farmed for at least 100 years because of my father and my grandfather telling me and they did, you know, we all have grown corn here. And like, you know, and traditionally in agriculture, you rotate stuff. And I was like, well, yeah. how do you maintain the fertility? And anyway, it was a really fun how did trip. They? What they did was they used goats. So they had goats that would um, that the kids would actually be responsible for herding out into the mountainside and the goats would go and forage and stuff and basically collect minerals. And they'd bring the goats back at night in a pen and then the goats would you know drop a lot of feces at night in the pen. Uh, and then that's how they would basically collect minerals and nutrients and then they would apply the goat manure to the, the cornfield. So the manure, keep... the 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 goats were their were their fertilizing farm, and they bring them up, yeah, and then yeah. they create more and they do it. Interesting, and they just yeah. knew it worked. It had been worked for a hundred years, so yeah, and that was kind of how their culture and society was set up. The kids knew that that's what they were going to do, and they they went out and did it, and you know everybody had a job and a role, and and they eat, ate rats and mice. <laughs> Well, they loved, yeah, they loved that. It was a delicacy to them. And but, you know, it just tasted like steak and chicken. And if they do it good, then it's it's good stuff. Well, I suppose you know, it's all it's all just culture, right? Yeah, yeah. The same what thing with insects. insects yeah, insects you know, I got to tell you, I did not really want to eat insects, but I was like, you know what? The the rest of the world does eat a lot of insects, and um, I happen to have. I was living in Central Texas, and I had this wacko friend named Alan and uh, he was regularly eating bugs and I'm like Alan you know I think I'm going to throw a big party and if I maybe get high enough um and I have peer pressure I might eat some bugs so I'm going to throw this party and we're going to have a <laughs> bug eating festival I just might I, I said, oh, my God. So, you know, out behind the barn. And it started out like, I don't know, 30 people showed up and everybody brought jars of different kind of things. And Alan was talking about what was edible and what wasn't and how to cook them up. And he was in his element. Now, this guy's a lunatic. Wonderful. And 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 I did. I was eating some. Actually, I really found out I love the taste of scorpions. They are delicious. And when you cook them, which only takes about a minute because they're such little tiny things. It's whatever happens in the stinger, it disappears. And man, you can 
those were delicious. I really liked really? them. They what were like they a like? kind of like a like a really really flavorful chicken. And I've heard in really? France, if you have like a like a, you know a ten dollar bowl of soup and you put a scorpion on there, well now it's a thirty dollar bowl of soup, right? So uh, they really value them there. Oh, but anyways, okay. yeah. So anyway, well, but but uh, before, if, so you got to tell a story about how you guys all ate these bugs. But isn't it bad for you? I mean. I heard that bugs have a lot of parasites in them and they're not, they're like the lowest in the food chain and it's not good for us. But is that not true? Well, we were cooking them all. Um, okay. Yeah. So we and weren't if you necessarily. Cook them, if you cook them, you, you kill out the parasites and eating bugs might be okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Really? We weren't, yeah, we weren't really eating any of them raw. That's for sure. And you know, it's, we'd fry them up in a frying pan and, and I'm only talking about this to just say that I have explored every avenue of where you could possibly get a calorie. <laughs> well, yeah, you're the ultimate prepper. And so, but when people are, you know, when the World Economic Forum is saying, you know, they want everybody I, to eat bugs and stuff, everybody's revolting. And I, I but to you, because you, well, you're I'm well still revolted informed. by it. You know, actually, I'll tell you what. So I, I was like, okay, I did that, right? really stoned and I ate I don't know what it was crickets or something like that it was and okay was, too with crickets okay? and it was yeah they were okay they're a little crunchy um anyway I was got to thinking about it later and I was like you know I just would never do that on my own I'm gonna I'm gonna host another party so the next year we hosted another party and the word got out and um this time we had like 50 people behind the barn right and uh and uh I was like okay you know uh, so I'm getting a little more you know and then Everybody's like, do it again, do it again. In the homeschooling community, it turns out kids confess to that they're popping bugs in their mouth all the time, right? Anyway, then we started doing it, and it was like it ran for like 10 years. It got so big, we had to go to Zilker Park in Austin, Texas, because there was really? hundreds of people coming to this bug-eating festival. And I was like... God, you were me. running a bug eating festival. This by is accident. not. You started to. You created. This one. is not the thing I want to be known for. Please, you know, like, this is not. <laughs> I can't believe all the things I do. This is what takes off. Come on, universe. What kind of a bizarre joke is that? Like, but I did get to where you know pretty comfortable with it. But the, at the end of the day, it's it's fat and protein, and then there's something in the chitin. But it's not bad for you because I've heard some things, and I've had uh, people tell me. Uh, you know, people in the the alternate independent industry and and different research tell me it's really bad for you, but that's not true. It's if some of them are and some of them aren't. Well, or some of them aren't, but healthy? most of them, yeah, most of them are actually edible. It's astonishing so the, how many of them are. But so the propaganda you know, like ants, isn't that bad. I mean, we aren't. Yeah. But can should we be replacing meat with that? I mean, is that I do not hold, endorse the World Economic Forum, and then it. I think. You know, I know then you're totally against them. Yeah, so that's I know. why and when I'm hearing Marjorie say this, I, I know, like, right? Pausing I'm like, okay, hearing, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. After a decade of it, I'm like, okay, I'm done with the bug thing, you know? And I think it still went on. Like somebody else started but taking it over and, and organizing it. I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake, you guys. Anyway. But, but, um, but, but this bug thing isn't, <laughs> I, you know, I heard about it. I'm like, okay, if we can get past this cultural stuff, is it that bad? And all these other cultures are eating it. Are You go to bugs. Mexico, you know, they eat grasshoppers all over uh, Africa. They're eating all kinds of bugs. You know, um, there's different kind of grubs and worms that are, and they're not you know, bad. And they're, they're not bad. Well, they're just protein and it's they're not just protein that and fat deal and it's, not, got, it's like when i lived in china and i did not intentionally want to eat it i'm sure i was served it from time to time just because i didn't know 
they eat cats and dogs. You know, I go to the market in Guangzhou. That's a different, I cannot. Yeah, you go to the market in Guangzhou and there's a cage full of cats. And and you ever heard that story about a cat? You ever heard that saying, a cat in the bag? And I saw it literally. They had the opening and the woman picked out one and then they'd use a stick to poke that cat. And they had a bag over the opening and they get the cat in the bag. And then this woman takes this bag, which is, you know, going like this because this cat's inside of it. And she goes a couple of stalls down to the butcher. I mean, I I love cats so much, and I just bust out crying. And they were like, oh, "I just can't crazy imagine because it's yeah. it's well, I suppose some people you can eat you can eat anything, right? I, I last Christmas, I got everybody for their stockings some insects just to see what would happen because uh-huh. that grosses me out. It was a gag gift, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one, not a single person in my family and extended family even tried them. I, <laughs> I get it. I totally, I totally get it. Yeah. 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 What really (laughs) shocked me with the, with the bug festival that I used to host was that homeschooling community came out in droves, like, and the kids loved it and they were all eating it. And they all, a lot of them were saying, yeah, we, I never told mom or dad, but I'm eating them all the time anyway. I'm like, Oh Oh my God. God. You know, see the thing is, is that with the world economic forum being behind it, we just put this big thing, you know, it's like, soon as they're behind something it has to be it must be evil right it must be evil and bad and why don't they want us to eat animals and they just want us to be poor and peasants and thing is is that's pretty much true they just want us to be poor and peasants but that being said it could bugs solve the poverty or the malnutrition problem could that be a solution I mean, what I'm what I'm looking at here, and I I don't really want to eat insects. It's not my thing. I'm promising you. I'm just saying I'm a, I've read enough stories and have, you know, interviewed enough people who have lived through really really hard times to realize your attitude will change very when you're dramatically starving. when you're starving. And I wanted to explore that. You know, and and like for another thing I did for a while was um, eating beans, only eating beans and rice for. God, it didn't even take more than a week or two. And I found out what appetite fatigue means. And that means you won't eat it. <laughs> even if you're hungry and you're starving, it's oh, just really? too boring. It's just too boring. If you're starving, you won't eat it? It's or just is it, horrible. Is it... You just can't make yourself eat it. I know, but right? But you would There's... if you were starving, right? You just weren't starving. So um, you weren't gonna... I didn't need anything else, though. And I like it was this awful situation. Like, I just, it was But you awful. have, you have, yeah. I mean... No, I was doing it as an experiment. You're not heavy, but you still have to, you're not like. I still had, yes, right. Like I could. You have fat on your body and you're, you could live, you've, you could lose 30. I don't know how everybody, even if they're thin, could lose 30 pounds before they're a Nazi camp kind of person. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it, it, but if you were that, then maybe you would. Yeah. But you, the, I mean, but you the can't point, conduct point, that the, experiment, yeah, though, right? Yeah, the I mean, you're not going to, Marjorie's yeah, that, not going to get down the, to 80 pounds and see if she'll eat anything. The, the point is, 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 is appetite fatigue is a real deal. And what I found from that was um, being able to grow different herbs, like basil or rosemary or thyme, or could change up even something as boring as beans and rice and really make it more oh. palatable and, and enjoyable. So... What the the point of all this? I'm saying I've just been exploring, you know, what what uh, what could collapse, you know, what will collapse yes. look like? What could it look like? Now, one thing here in the U.S. is we do produce more food than a lot of other countries in the 
on the planet. But if the financial system goes down, so, you know, there's not going to be any way for trade or facilitation. So, for example, in Weimar, Germany, right, in the early 1920s, when they went through their hyperinflation, that those actually happened to be the most agricultural productive years. They were hugely agricultural productive years, but the farmers had lots of production, but they, the people in the city, there was no way, like the, the mark was worthless, right? And they did resort to barter and trade. Like, you know, this one lady, there's a story of the lady who had this beautiful grand piano that she traded for a sack of potatoes. And it was just wow. the farmer had a daughter who always wanted a piano, right? But it breaks down because that's what we use money for, right? Um, and and without money, then then trade doesn't happen. So there were there people at, at that time that there were people who were starving, and there was food that was available, but it never got to them. Yes, because yes. we didn't have the means the, of trade. And that's right. what you're saying is the farmers that's right. actually were really producing a lot, but there was no means of getting it to the people. So it's too bad that there wasn't immediately some means of charity that was set up. I'm sure there was, but it probably wasn't enough. Yeah. Another thing that often happens is, is for example, Germany wasn't the only place that was collapsing, you know, mm-hmm. so British would come in there and buy stuff or trade and they had real money that the farmers would accept. Oh, so the farmer that is what will happen. The farmer well, that's purchased from whoever has the money. And so their local people are starving, but at least well, we just, they're selling yeah. it to other countries. Well, we just saw that, like I saw that we saw that in Greece when, remember, Greece went through that economic meltdown, what was it, about a decade or so ago, right? And all kinds of foreigners were coming in there and snapping up all kinds of stuff from the Greeks. But the people you know, themselves were, were really suffering, yeah. Yeah. This situation, there's not going to be any, you know, I mean, the thing that we have where the currencies that will ultimately resurface again are are going to be precious metals for sure. Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've had Lynette Zhang on. Lynette is kind of a wild card, but she studied like 3,000 fiat currency collapse, you know, wow. fiat currencies that, yeah, she, she just studies the life cycles of currency. She calls yeah. it really fascinating. Yeah. And every single one of them, so I'll give you a couple of the sound, her sound bites. <laughs> Is, no, first of all, been, usually she's been on my show before. I have Andy she... Sheckman on more than her from a monetary standpoint, but I have yeah. I've had her, her on, on yeah. in the past. She's great. Yeah, she says uh, typically governments will re- try to revalue the currency at least on average three That's times right. before it completely gone, and they always go back to a gold standard afterward because nobody will trust anything else. You know, well, the, and that's yeah. what's happening right now. Even the bricks are going, that's a gold standard. That's what they're talking about. Right, right. Right. They've revalued the currency as a tier one currency. Gold is mm-hmm. a tier one currency, meaning it's the same as currency. It's right. It, it, well, it is. So, yeah, yeah it has. Been. But they've redid that, what, like yeah. three years ago, turned it into yeah. a tier one asset. And we now have um, crypto, which is another yep. opportunity. I, I think. I think the vast majority of them are are probably going to not exist anymore, but... But some of them will make it. But I some think. of them will make it. Yeah, I think so. I don't think cryptos... I mean, I remember for a long time, I was like, is Bitcoin a thing? Is it going to go away or whatever? But I'm we're pretty sure it's here now, you know, yep. so... Yeah. So, um, 
there well, will be, you know, new system. Of course, they're going to try and push that CBDC thing on. It'd be interesting. I don't think people are going to accept it. I, I, I really don't. I don't know. They're going to have to come up with some backward way yeah. of cramming it down our throats without us, without us even knowing that it's CBDC. Well, that's what the food supply comes in as, you know, like, but that's what the story is, is that they'll, they'll say, if you want food, then you have to use CBDs. I don't know where they're going to get the food from. I don't know. <laughs> you know, well, they're going to wipe out all our money out of our banks. This is what some people are theorizing. They're going to, and then in order to have access to your funds, you got to do it in the CBDC. Here's your access. But, yeah. you know, you say you had 10,000 in the bank and suddenly that's gone. All your assets are gone unless you get it and use it in CBDC. That's what people yeah. are, that's how they're going to force it. That's what people are thinking. I, yeah, I, you know, we're headed into such a vortex of change. I, 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 I watch that's and read. That theory could be, yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, with hyperinflation, governments collapse, right? Who's going to go to work when you're, yeah, pay, you know, problem. nobody ever was going to work for themselves. Okay. So if yeah. they went to your seminar, what would they see? Well, yes. Yeah, so first of all, it's all about how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience and you're older and out of shape, right? Because I'm targeting this for, <laughs> it's funny, on, I was on Robert Scott Bell show and, you know, his his partner, Don there, Super Don, and Don was like, I think she was targeting me. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious <laughs> like, and then he, he went out and started learning how to garden and and uh and grow food by the way i want to say it's it's way more i have a what i present in the webinar is the three simplest easiest and quickest ways to get a lot of food producing very quickly and i'm not just talking about like lettuce and tomatoes we're not talking about salad i'm talking about real calories you know real protein real fat uh, things that your body is going to need. And I go through the calories. Like, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, if you've got a small flock of chickens, this is how many eggs are going to produce. This is how many calories it will be. This is, you know, you're going to have breakfast every day for the rest, you know, for, for well, the whole year. This is covered, right? You know, here, if we go, if we, if we get into the garden, this is what vegetables produce what? Here's how many calories are. Here's how much space it takes. So show people a, a very simple, the three easiest ways to get started for the average American who knows nothing. And and right. you can do it in your basement if you live in cold weather and all. Well, this stuff. you you I'm assuming for that that you do have at least a backyard, right? Now, okay. And but but this is targeted for any time of the year. So, you know, if you can't do a garden because well, right now it's November, and for a lot of the place it doesn't make sense to do a garden. Well, then use let's focus on one of the other two components. You know, so um, there is something you can always do right now to get started. So, um, yeah, and there are a lot of things. And, and we also do, I also do get, of course, the question of why well, live in an apartment or a condominium or, and yes, there are a lot of things that you can do for an apartment or condominium. And we, and we, we also touch on that, not as much focus, but we definitely give that, uh, uh, address it. So, what do you think um, of yeah. a big greenhouse, like getting a green, if you're in a cold weather, mm -hmm. is a greenhouse something that you would recommend people to get, even if it's a small, you know, a greenhouse is needed in almost every climate, not just the north. Oh. So uh, a greenhouse is a wonderful thing to have. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Costa Rica and the tropics. I live in Puerto Rico now, also when I was in Cuba and Hawaii. 
they, I was like, this one in Costa Rica was crazy. This place that had like 90 inches of rain a year. I mean, like this insane amount of water. They had a greenhouse to keep the water off. It was too plants. much water. It was too much water. So you need a greenhouse in every region for all different kinds of reasons. But a greenhouse is a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. Um, yeah. And can you absolutely. get one? Do you talk about greenhouses making one? Is it something you can do affordably? Well, that's a part of the Grow Network, and we do have a ton of resources on that, on how to build a greenhouse and, and uh, yes, how to do it affordably, how to do it very inexpensively. Uh, that's not necessarily, that's something you're going to want to do for sure, but it's not one of the three easiest ones to get started with. So, okay. um, you so know, we it's wanna, something I, that you cover, but just this seminar is going to be the heavy hitters, it's easiest to get involved, just to get it going. And just to get really it started. And if you really want to dive more, you have more resources for people. Oh my God, we have so many. Like I said, I've been looking looking at this for years on how what's you know mushrooms beekeeping uh foraging wild crafting uh, teaching people how to grow back their enamel in their teeth on their teeth yeah (laughs) fishing hunting yes and that's another thing that we we address is home medicine um so uh what herbs, what, what herbs treat this? And then how do you, you know, okay. So, uh, I know mint helps my stomach, but how do I, how do I do that? You know, you make a tea out of it or, you know, here's how you make a tincture. Here's how you make a poultice. Um, so and garlic, we teach, right. You, and garlic I, you is, came on my show years ago talking about how antibiotics, garlic is nature's antibiotic. Absolutely. It is. It's a, it's a wonderful antibiotic. It's way, way better than all the, all this than stuff antibiotics than all the they, antibiotics that are getting antibiotic resistant yeah <laughs> because it, can, it has what like 47 different they can't it can't be isolated so yeah. it, it can't the, yeah. the bacteria can't uh, become resistant to it right so like in penicillin there's only one thing it's penicillin and when you have millions or billions of bacteria hitting that eventually some of them are going to figure out how to go around or you know yep. defeat it right and then that isn't that how MRSA got developed? Was it was because of the antibiotic resistance from penicillin? The same thing with tetracycline or all their powerful uh, drugs. But yeah, but garlic. I don't know how many known constituents have. Uh, when I was looking at this, gosh, it was a uh, yeah a few years ago. It was like thirty five known constituents that are antimicrobial, antibacterial, antifungal. There's a lot in it, and so when you've got your bacteria or something hitting it. They can't just go around. There's, there's just there's too many things to go around. There's it's- too many things to go around, right? Um, we've been using garlic for millennium to help with infections. You know, and there's there's treatments. So you remember the Greek and the Roman days when those guys were slashing each other on horseback and stabbing each other and the whole thing, right? You know, the back when men really fought, right? And they are men were men, right? Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, some of them died from their wounds, of course, right? But a lot of them got wounded and lived. And there are very, very well-known techniques for how to treat, you know, lacerations and and yes. infections and things like that. They're very they and they're very effective. Or those guys, if they weren't effective, those guys would not be going back into battle again, right? <laughs> or if they were wounded, they might go. Well, wait a minute, maybe battle doesn't wait a make minute. much sense. Right. Yeah, maybe right? I should kind of rethink this. But anyways, right. keep going. Well, those techniques are still 
absolutely effective today. Yes, yeah. We just don't use them because we've had this whole pharmaceutical medical industry going, hey, take these pills and, you know, you can be back to work tomorrow, which is what we really want you to do. <laughs> That's right. In fact, there's a famous story. This book, I wrote this book. I, did I give you a copy of this, Sarah? I got to get you one. This is the, the growth system is a book I wrote. And um, I don't think you did back in the day. I don't know if I, when did you write it? Uh, let's see. It got published in 2021. So no, I'll, I'll, I don't have a copy then. Okay. I'll get you a copy then. Okay. Um, and there's, I think it's chapter nine is a pretty famous story in here of how I got bit by a copperhead snake and oh. it's a potentially fatal bite. Um, ooh, and I got a good dose too, man. I was tripping. I'm serious. It was, that was hallucinating. But you're not afraid to go into things. So next thing you know, you're bit by a snake. Did you do yeah. something? And we, and we, that, we, that, yes, I did do something stupid. <laughs> yes, I absolutely did. Yeah, I sure wrong. did. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. I could just see you going in and whatever I'm going to try. But that's what makes it fun is because you go in there and try stuff yourself so you can figure yeah. it out. Well, we treated it at home. I never went to the hospital and I was actually up and walking around in about two days. And, uh, wow. And the stories you in weren't there scared it, at all. You just knew you were going to, this is fine. I, I know how to do well, this. Yes. And no. I mean, there were points where I was like, wow, I owe my husband and I have an understanding and I, you know, I do. My first choice is not to go to the hospital. His medical belief system is he wants to go to the hospital generally. Right. And that's mm -hmm. not, he, you know, even as many things as he's seen me treat and heal over the years, that's his. And I'm like, okay, that's you, but this is me. And he knew it, but he does know my plan B is we're going to go to the hospital. And oh, he yeah. does know he, we have enough trust over the years um, that if I feel I'm, I'm losing it, then I'll tell him, let's go to the hospital. And there have been times when I did crazy stuff and I'm like, hun, we need to go to the hospital. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really grateful it's there. I also have a network of, you know, healers and, and trusted healthcare pr yeah. practitioners yeah. that are not the medical system, but occasionally like there's a, there was one time I had, Oh, it was a, um, a stone in, uh, in um, the salivary duct that got really, really infected. And, for whatever reason, the whole, everybody, the Chinese medicine man and the herbal, all the herbal, everybody was gone for some reason. I was like, oh my God, and it kept getting worse and worse. And I ended up going to the hospital. So he knows that I will, you know, I mean, and, and that is a really well, important is a place. Isn't there a yeah. place for the hospital? If you get hit by a bus, you need to go to the hospital. If you, pretty much, yeah. You know, <laughs> urgent, tragic, you know, those kinds of things yeah. you have to go because they can deal with acute, they can sew your leg back on and deal with all your issues but for average maintenance and everyday things we really don't need to do we no we don't you know for coughs and colds and flus and and that's the other thing we have in here is like the 12 most common ailments and and how to treat them and we cover all the different plants in different regions of the world so that way there'll always be something that you know is near you that you oh, okay. can use. So, so where can people go and see this? They can go to Sarah's backyard farm.com and they can get access to this seminar. Yeah, it's free because I, and it's really just information, right? Like I know I should probably do more marketing free. or something, but, right? but it's free. And yes, and we, and I will make you an offer at the end of it for a book and a training bundle with a book and, um, and, a and a training. And it's just really, really cost effective because I really, for me, the, this landing or whatever we're going through is going to be a lot easier the more people know That's how to right. grow food 
And the more there are people who are independent and strong, the better chance we all have of having this be a good outcome. And I really, I, I, as we were talking before, I mean, it is going to be ugly for a while, but I really am very, very hopeful that when we get through this, I think we have a real opportunity here to become free of the shackles that honestly we've been under for millennium. You know, we've been under for a long time. The things that make no sense because we'll become more independent. So even it's going to be awful. I, I'm optimistic. Yeah, me too. Me too. And we, you know, this is the piece I've had to play. It's been, you've got this wonderful, you know, audience of, and you're bringing out wonderful information about what's going on and, and, and how things are work and interviews. And that, that's a, and, and then my role has always been the home front, you know, <laughs> how do we make sure everybody's got it proper? How do, you tell them, let's, how do we make sure everybody's got dinner and that, that we can fix that boo-boo? That's, <laughs> that's you're the you're the homemaker for the whole country. <laughs> the homemaker. You're the homemaker. Oh my God. You know, it's the it's not as homemaker. Uh, it's important when we're gonna be starving. We need that. That's right? the home front, right? Yeah, yeah. Suddenly we start to put different things into perspective and the home front becomes more important. Yeah, I grew up in the South, and uh, it was you know, always in athletics, and, and my coach was a real Civil War fanatic, so we stopped by every Civil War battlefield, and they were all into this, and I was always like, well, yeah, you know, there's the cannon that's now filled with concrete or whatever, you know, here's the this and that, and I was like, but what did the women and children do? And they never talked about that. And then uh, later on, when I got older, I found a book called um, Ursats in the South, which if you live in the Southeast, that's a really great book to go pick up. They talk a lot about what do people do to make coffee substitutes or, you know, what did it look like for women and children when all the men ran off to war and, you know, they had basically sacrificed all kinds of resources to support the war effort. Uh, you know, what did people do? And it's a, it's a really fantastic book, but the home it's the front. reality of what the, it takes to live through it and yes they yeah, they're, uh, yeah. okay and, and we we are headed into we're in world war three so let's get ready <laughs> we are oh geez and God, it could come to this land it it could okay well thank you so much you were so fantastic i'm so glad you reached out to me i said yes i gotta get marjorie back on i've been following you for years i get your emails and stuff and so like that's so great that she reached out to me so i uh, thank you so much and i think this is going to be so educational for people i i really highly recommend that they watch your seminars you are the ultimate prepper so there's so much to learn from you oh thank you and and likewise i i i follow your your newsletter and watch your interviews and i'm like oh no <laughs> i'm the bearer of bad news sorry yeah, but <laughs> yeah i want to know the truth so thank yeah. you yeah i appreciate you yeah well thank you so much and i really appreciate it